What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have an incredible guest with us today that y'all are going to absolutely love. Her name is Leah Remillay, and she is the anti-hustle growth strategist. She's an international speaker and host of the Balancing Busy podcast, helping women do less, but better. Simply put, if you're a woman with a mission, but you worry that scaling your business means failing at home, then Leah can show you how to make an incredible income and do it on part-time hours. Y'all, this is speaking all the love languages that I have. I am so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. It is a good one. Make sure you share it with your teams. You don't want to miss it. Let's turn it over to the conversation. All right, Leah, I am so pumped to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. We were chatting a little bit before this. Like we have been semi-connected for years. Yes. For years for, through like some different people. And it's just the smallest world ever. So just to have you on here face to face, like it feels so right. I'm so excited. Agreed. I'm like so thrilled to finally connect. Like I've seen you and known of you and been like, she's awesome. I can tell. And now, now I know for sure. Oh, it's the best. I feel like we've known each other for a long time already. Like, how does that even work? I don't know. It's the best when that happens. I love it. It's the best. Okay. Before we dig into me, like there's going to be so many gold nuggets that you guys do not want to miss on this one. But before we do, Leah, tell us more about who you are, your story, how you got into all of this work, just the good stuff. Okay. So like so many listening, I am a mom who also wanted to have a business. I had this like desire of like, there's like something in me that wants to have this other thing. Like I truly feel like it's in entrepreneurship is in my DNA. I can just, I'm meant for it. And it's, I'm my better version eventually, but I wasn't early on, because what do a lot of us do? We start our businesses and we're like, I just need anybody to let me like help them. Let me, you know, be my customer, jump onto this like vision that I have. And it's, it's almost like dating, right? Like, you know how in the dating you have that infatuation stage where it's like, you just can't get enough of it. You're like, this is all I think about all I want to do. And that's how we feel at the beginning of our businesses. And that's really fun and it's good and it's important. But we can't stay there because just like in dating, if you stayed in the infatuation stage, like our society would crumble. No one would go to work. No one would do anything. Like we would all be like, no, I just want to be with my person. I don't care about anything else. Right. And that can kind of happen in our businesses. So I started my first business in 2008, end of 2008. And 
you know, I, I, my first dream was as big as I could dream at that point. And it was like, if I could bring in a thousand dollars a month, oh my goodness, that would be amazing. My husband was in just finishing up um, school about to go on to graduate school. And it was like, wow, that would really help. So I start working to build this business and it grows, which is the dream, right? Like I go from like, oh my gosh, if I could bring in a thousand to what if I could bring in 5,000, 10,000, oh my gosh, I had a hundred thousand dollar week. And like, yes, that is, it is so incredible. Like I am not minimizing. I get that. So many people are like, I'll take it. Sign me up. Right. <laughs> but I didn't do it in the right way because when we start our businesses, we're not thinking about now, how do I put in the right systems so that I'm going to be able to time manage and have enough of me to be all the things I'm trying to be mom, wife, uh, business owner, leader, all these things. Right. So I find myself where, yes, my business looks incredible. It looks like the dream, but I am crumbling inside. I am dying inside. I feel like the worst mom, the worst wife. I'm always behind. I'm always exhausted because I was in order to get all this work done. I was doing it at night. I was trying to be a good mom during the day. Then I'd put the kids to bed. They were still so, so little back then. No, none of them were even in school yet. And so I'd put them to bed and then I'd start working. And there were a lot of nights where I would work till four or five in the morning. And then they'd wake me back up at seven and I do it again. And, and I got to this point where I thought I've gamed the system. I work about three nights in a row where I only sleep, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. Then I take one night where I sleep about five hours and then I do it again. And I kept doing this for a while. And I thought, oh, this, this is helping because, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm neglecting them. I'm getting the business stuff done. It's those hours when it's like finally quiet and no one's interrupting me, which when you're a mom of young kids is so hard to find. I get that. And, and it collapsed. So I was at the zoo every Wednesday. I would take the kids, uh, to a different place for a few hours. And it was like, honestly, the probably the three or four hours a week that I actually felt like a decent mom because I couldn't get distracted. This was Mm. pre, you know, super smartphones where everything was available and we could work from our phones, which is its own thing (laughs) that really hurts us today. Um, but you know, I would go, so I take them to the zoo or the museum or whatever it was. And, and I'd feel like for that, that four hours out of the 168 in the week, I was a good mom. Well, one day, we're at the zoo. I have one holding my hand, two in the double stroller, and I can tell everything's closing in around me. My hearing's going out. My vision's going out. Everything starts tunneling. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm, oh I'm about gosh. to black out in the middle of the alligator exhibit. And so I tried to get outside as fast as I could to a park bench, ended up collapsing. When I woke up, I was being put into an ambulance, leaving my three babies at the zoo as I'm being put into an ambulance. And I knew without a question that this was my fault. And I'm not saying that in a like shame way. I'm saying that in a, that also means I can fix it. Like Mm -hmm. I can solve this. This is because I had been putting my body under so much stress for so long that it literally went on strike. And it was in that moment. I mean, I, I was having a hard time communicating um, in the ambulance. I was trying to talk to him, basically trying to tell him, please don't put me in this. I'm fine. But um, <laughs> I, I couldn't get the words out. I was stuttering. They would not listen to me. And so my mind is just reeling the whole way to the hospital. And by the time I'm even discharged, I have a whole new plan that <laughs> is like, 
everything is going to change. I will either find a better way or I will walk away from my company. And that was like heartbreaking because I love what I do, but I had to figure out how to make it better because this was not worth giving up those things that matter the most to me, which is my family. And so it was, that was about 2011. And from that point forward, everything changed. And the incredible part is, is I was able to make those changes. I dropped my hours significantly. I mean, from, I don't even know how many hours, cause it's not like you want to track when you're a workaholic, how much you actually are working. Right. So I don't know, but obviously an insane amount down to like 15, 20 hours a week. And I made more money, which was the most, like the whole fear is that like, Oh, if I pull back at all, what's that going to do to our lifestyle? But I was actually able to increase my income. So then it became like, I've got to show other people how I do this. Like I've there's I can't be the only mom who's trying to be at all and feels like she's failing. And so I became really dedicated to, this is not a me problem. This is a, we as women problem, trying to be at all and, and sharing just how, how I'm able to, to be able to manage all the things. And instead of feeling frantic, feel fulfilled. That was a really long version of all of it, but no, I love it so much. I love it so much. And I think this is so powerful because some of our greatest lessons come from failure, come from like, you had your back up against the wall. You were in the ambulance. Your kids were alone. Like you're like, I got to do something different. So what was it? First of all, like, let's start with here. What changed first? How were you able to go from so overwhelmed and busy and just stress to dialing in what actually mattered, focusing on those things. Like, where did you, where did you turn to? Absolutely. So, you know, the very first thing was actually very much a mindset shift Mm because there was a lot of blocks that I have that I didn't know I had at the time until exactly what you said, until I got pushed up against the wall. Once I pushed up against the wall, I'm starting to realize that these beliefs that I have that you know, no one's going to care about my business as much as I do. I don't have the time to train someone because I'm already too busy. How could I possibly train someone? I shouldn't pay to have people help me. That's uh, maybe frivolous or bougie or, you know, whatever word people are using. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a husband in grad school and I'm our sole provider. It felt unacceptable to be outsourcing and and getting more help. There was just a lot of things yeah. that I had allowed myself to believe that were lies. And so I, because of being, you know, literally in an ambulance, I had to dismantle those quite quickly (laughs) and decide, okay, what if those aren't true? So that's going to be the first thing we all need to stop and say, whatever doesn't feel good in your life as you're running your business and trying to do all these things, figure out what your belief is behind it. Like what, what are you telling yourself that makes you think that right now you are stuck and is that actually true? So that's that's going to be the first step. Then it becomes what I call my three P's of productivity. So the first is getting really clear on your priorities. This is that, that concept from Covey of like first things first, right? Mm-hmm. When we start with our priorities, it's okay when things don't go according to plan. And this is both on a micro scale and a macro scale, right? So in the big grand scheme, when I'm making goals and plans and ideas, I'm starting with my priorities first. That's from looking at my schedule and saying, you know what, instead of scheduling all those work things in first, I'm going to schedule in the family things first, and then I'm going to let the work things fit around. But it's also on a, on a very micro level saying, okay, you know what, 
I can't remember the last time that a day actually went according to plan. And I bet most of the people listening can't either, right? Like we have this idea of like, oh, the day is going to go according to plan. And then the school calls or something comes up. So by following this, this idea of priorities, do the most important thing first. If your most important thing is follow-up, don't say, I'm going to follow up at the end of the day. Oh, I'm going to do that after lunch. You do that the very first thing, very first thing that you do that day. That way, if the day doesn't go according to plan, it's fine. It's totally okay because you did the most important thing. So we still get to put our head down at the end of the night and say, okay, I feel good. Like I made some progress. So that's the first. Love it. The second one is presence. And this is something where I needed to learn how to fiercely protect the moment. So the second one is presence. And this is about fiercely protecting the moment. And what I mean by that is we are surrounded by very, very sophisticated technology companies Mm -hmm. that are trying to distract us. They are investing billions with a B on figuring out how to keep us in their platforms, how to distract us, how to keep them where they make more money and it doesn't serve us. So creating this, this mantra that when I am here, I am all here. If I am working, I am working. If I am momming, I am momming. If I am wifing, I am wifing. We're not trying to do multiple things at once. You know, there's really interesting research about our ability to multitask. And we all want to say like, oh, I'm great at multitasking. Well, actually only 2% of the population is actually capable of multitasking. So most likely we're (laughs) not one of them. So therefore making this conscious decision to really, really just protect our ability to stay present and understand that as fiercely as we're going to work to protect this ability, there are a million things around us working just as hard to distract us. So that becomes a huge, huge critical piece. And then the third is purpose. Really, truly making decisions based on our greatest purpose. Um, another way to say this would be our core values. What are our, mm. What are my core values? And I'm making decisions based on my core values. What I truly believe matters most for me, for my family, for the life that I'm trying to cultivate and not getting stuck in this desire to please in the moment, right? So people pleasing, saying yes to things, uh, getting distracted for, for the idea of getting to feel good in that singular moment. And yet in the long run, it actually makes our life harder. Yeah. I love these so much priorities, presence, purpose. So when we talk about presence, like be where your feet are, that's something that I like remind myself, be where your feet are. (laughs) Like, don't let your mind wander and worry and stress and, and be thinking about all of the other things that you could be doing, because there's always going to be those things, but be there and be present. How do you create those boundaries so that you can mom when you're momming? work when you're working, wife, when you're wifing, like what has helped you? What are some tactical things that our listeners can be like, okay, I can put that in play today. So, you know, the same way that if this is kind of a weird direction, but let's, let's say military. Okay. Military is going to work to create defense systems to protect against invasion. I think we really need to look at it the same way. Like what mm. defenses are we putting in to protect ourselves from the invasion of distraction? I do not allow any notifications of any kind on my phone. None. 
I will go check myself. And you know what? I forget things all the time, all the time. I'm going to be honest. I have missed many a party because, well, it was a Facebook invite and I don't remember to check Facebook very often. And I'm like, dang it, that would have been fun, right? Like there's a cost to it. I'm not going to lie, but there's also a gain. And I decided that like the gain was more valuable than the loss. So zero notifications whatsoever. Um, another thing that it took, it took a lot of practice. It was really hard at first was turning off the things and not allowing myself to be available. So when I was Mm. first trying to make this transition of like, okay, this has got to change. I started physically turning my computer off because if it was on, I noticed that I didn't, I didn't have the reserve to stop myself from the temptation, right? I would like sneak in and I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to take care of one thing, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. We've all done this. And then 30 minutes or an hour later, I'm like, oh, crud. I have been here for way longer than I thought. So when I was done working, I literally shut the computer down so that if I tried to sneak in, which had just become a bad habit that I needed to break, I would have to power the whole stinking thing back up, you know, and it took a while and, and it lost its appeal of being able to, you know, quote, sneak in. So it's really looking for these different ways. Oh, a third thing that I've done for about 10 years. That's been really powerful is, you know how we have, we can set alarms on our phones. We set them all the time. Well, I have some custom alarms that go off on my phone periodically that are at specific times during the day when I know it's it's my weaker time, right? Like we all have points, which are kind of our, our weaker time of the day. We're, we're tired. We're, <laughs> you know, getting kind of drained. And so I'll have an alarm that goes off. I've given it its own custom name. And it says, am I being present in this moment? And so literally I'll get a buzz and I look at it and it like swink, like brings me back to the moment. So if I wasn't, and that's okay, because we're not aiming for perfection. We're aiming for progress. If I wasn't, I have this beautiful little magnet that brings me back to the moment. So it's just all of these really little different things that I've just implemented as my defense mechanisms against distraction to help me be more present. I love these so much. Have you read, um, high performance habits yes. by Brendan Burchard? Yes. So many of these things that you're talking about, I'm like, Oh, he like mentions all of these things, like the bookends and like having things that wrap it up and you like mentally can shut it off. Those things are so important because if we leave all the tabs open all of the time, it's just way too easy to like sneak in and do this and sneak in and do that and try to check this for one second. And then you're on the rabbit hole of like digging into all the other things. And then you feel so burnt out and exhausted because you're never off anywhere. Yes. You're yes. never off anywhere. And so you're just like, your battery's like, <laughs> like draining so fast. Right. And then we're like, what's wrong with me? I'm supposed right. to be able to do all the things. And we're getting frustrated with ourselves and beating ourselves up. And it's like, nothing's wrong with you, mama. Yeah. You have just been running too hard, too fast for too long. And you deserve a recharge. You deserve to have downtime, just like our cell phones cannot go forever. Neither can we, we have to plug back in. Yeah. And it really doesn't take long. That's what I've learned is like to unplug and recharge. It doesn't need to be for me equal amounts. Like I I feel like lots of women are trying to hit this like work-life balance and they're like, okay, I'm going to do equal parts work and mom and wife and house. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. It's not equal amounts. It's what does it need actually? And then how can you fit in the highest priority things in each area? And that's how you stay harmonious. Like that's how you stay like 
oh my gosh, it, there's like flow. I can do it all, but I don't feel overwhelmed and I don't feel exhausted. And I don't have to spend 20 hours cleaning just because I spent whatever amount of hours, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be equal. I like women need and to it hear can't that. be equal. Right? It's, it's, it's never going to be. Yeah. It's, it's truly impossible to give equal times to all of the things and it's not sustainable. The right. idea is, you know, burnout is when we neglect our core values. Absolutely. Right? We've, we've been running too hard, too long and neglecting the core values. And that's when burnout and overwhelm show up. And so understanding that balance is not this rigid thing. We think of work-life balance. And I think the reason so many people think it doesn't exist or they're so afraid of it is they think it's this, this rigidness and it's actually not, yeah. it's very, very fluid and you're changing it all the time. The best way that I know of to explain it is balance is like riding a bike. The only way you stay upright is to be making forward motion. If yeah. I try to stand still with my feet on the bike pedals without movement, I am going to fall over. I stand no chance. But when I start pedaling, I can keep myself going. Now I'm adjusting all the time because if I go around a corner, I'm going to turn in. If I'm going down a hill, I'm going to have to put on the brakes. Now think about yes. that with our lives. When you're in a hill, when you're in something that's that's maybe a little more stressful, a little bit harder. You might need to put on the brakes to give yourself rest. When you're like, okay, it's time to go for it. I'm ready. And now you want to go up the hill. You're going to apply more exertion in one area, but you're going to let yourself pull back in another. It's yeah. never going to be equal parts, but it is definitely around keeping your core values as your highest priority. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that everyone needs to remember is that it's always changing different seasons yes. of life, different seasons of business, different seasons. And I think lots of times people fall into the trap of like, well, this is my to-do list. And this is what I'm supposed to do every day to be successful. And every day is going to look different. And so how can every day look the same as far as like what you're supposed to do in order to feel success, in order to feel fulfilled, in order to feel. So you create your own roadblocks by setting yourself up that way. So I love that you brought up priorities right at the beginning, because when you know, okay, in my business on a daily basis, you're asking yourself, what is the highest priority today? What is the high, highest priority today? And it's every day you're asking yourself. Yeah. And every day, it might look a little bit different, or some days you might be going through the same IPAs or whatever you're doing in your business that are driving the needle forward, but you get so good at being so intentional with those things that when life happens or when a season changes, you can still ask yourself and you can do the top thing, and then you can carry the rest of the load in another area and still keep moving forward. Mm, so good. Yes. Oh. I'm like, when, when I was like reading through all your stuff, it's so interesting. Cause I built a course at a program for network marketers, because this is the story I was hearing over and over and over. I, I can either want the success or I can want a good family life. And I'm like, Whoa, hold up. No, yes. no, 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 no. Like you yes. can have both. So like everything that you are about, I'm like, this is all that I'm about. I love it. <laughs> so and that, that was my deepest fear, right? Like yeah. when I, before I started on this journey, my deepest fear, and I think so many can relate to this is, is it really one or the other? Yeah. I have to choose between being that great mom and great wife, great home or being this great business owner, having that yeah. success that I like, you know, that they're feeling in them is like, I think this is in me. I think yeah. I can do this, but you're so afraid of what the cost would be. And when I say that, I mean, like, you know, giving up this, this great family and it's yeah. the most incredible, liberating, exciting 
moment, honestly, to realize when you have that, that moment where you say, oh my gosh, I can have both. This is possible to have both. And for those who are like, are you sure? Yes. (laughs) Micah has done it. I have done it. We know and have worked with hundreds of other women who have done it. This is possible. And we're not special. I am not special. Like if you looked at me, if I told you more stories, you'd be like, oh yeah, you're right. You are really not special. (laughs) Like I guess wanted it bad enough. And if I'm being honest, why did I want it bad enough? You all know, because I was literally in an ambulance, like, well, this is going to have to change, right? Like it wasn't even because I was, you know, so self-aware ahead of time that I realized "Hmm, this isn't a good idea. Oh no. (laughs) I had to like full on drop to figure out like, Hey, might not be a good strategy anymore, but you learn, but you learn. So, so to the woman who is listening and they're like, I just really struggle with time management. Like, where do I even begin? What would you tell her? Okay. So we're coming back to mindset because time management is actually often not the problem. It's actually mind management. That Mm. is the real problem. Okay. So It's not that we don't have enough time. And sometimes we beat ourselves up, right? Because we're like, oh, I should be doing this, this, and this. And then you say like, I don't have time. But then you did have time to watch The Bachelor or whatever your your dirty pleasure show is, right? Or, you know, like guilty pleasure, not dirty. (laughs) And so so then you're beating yourself up like, oh, I should be working. Okay, let me first explain to you what happened in that scenario. We only have so much energy. So often we say I'm too busy. It is not that you are too busy. It is that your energy levels are too depleted. Mm. So we say, I'm going to work on my business, you know, and because maybe you have a full-time job, plus you're trying to mom, plus you're trying to build this, this side business that you want to become your full business so that you can walk away from that corporate job. And you're like, how am I supposed to do this? And by the time you get to nighttime where you're going to work on your, your business, you got nothing left in the tank. That is not a time management problem. That's an energy management problem. So we need to figure out how to better take care of our bodies so that it can serve us stronger. And so now we're going to get into some things that you would not think I would be talking about for time management, which is like, you need to sleep. You need to drink your water. You need to fuel your body correctly. You need to move. Like we need to do those things so that our body can function optimally. Like so that we can be these better things. And we need to figure out what that means for each of us. So, so there's first a mind management, then there's going to be like a body management, right. That, that comes into play. Now we start getting into the time management and one of, you know, just starting simple. One of the first things you can do is instead of going with what is the easy win. And the reason we go for those is because it's a quick dopamine, right? Like Mm. I posted, yay. I feel successful because I posted. Okay. That's good. But is there something that would be better for you to be doing, right? Is it doing that post? Not that posting is bad, but okay. Maybe 3% of the 200 people following you saw that. And so, you know, possibly a couple people saw that, or you could have taken that same time. Let's say it was 15 minutes. Cause you know, you're like, Oh, what picture should I use? What should I say? Does that sound good? Let me read it 10,000 more times to see if I have a spelling <laughs> error, right? Like all the things that happen there, or you could have gone and done a one-to-one connection, DMing five or 10 people that probably has a lot more power, a lot more impact. But a lot of times we go to the thing that gives us that quick dopamine Mm. drip of like, I feel like I won because I checked something off. Everyone tells me I'm supposed to be, you know, posting and I did it. So this is coming back to like prioritizing. What are the 
what is the number one thing that could help me get closer to my goal? And so really asking ourselves those questions, getting clear on what am I doing that really isn't producing results? Do I either need to adjust it or do I need to let it go? And what are the things that have produced results in the past? And how do I do more of that? All right. This is for my entrepreneur friends and especially my network marketers. I have created a free masterclass just for you to help you discover the three secrets to build a seven figure network marketing business without sacrificing all your precious time with family. This is my seven figure success secrets. And I am so excited to help you discover how to break through some of the most common limiting beliefs that are standing in your way. The first one is how to build a seven figure business while working less than 20 hours a week. The second one is to instantly eliminate mom guilt and to be more present than ever before while simultaneously adding thousands of dollars to your bank account. And the third is the seven figure earner secret to doing it all without burning out or missing memories with your family. If you feel like you would benefit from breaking through some of these barriers and learning what I've done differently over the years to build this type of growth for our family and our business without the burnout, without the overwhelm, without missing our family activities, without missing my highest priorities, then don't miss snagging a spot in this masterclass. Go to micafolsomfit.com slash seven figure secrets to claim your spot in the class. And if you can't be on live, Don't freak out. You will get a replay, but try to be there live. All right. See you then back to the show. I love that so much. You talk about doing less, but doing it better and that like doing less things and doing more of the things that actually move the needle forward. Like if, if our listeners just took that one thing away and implemented it, I can promise you, you'll see shifts in your business. And, yes, and you can, you and can have ask yourself this way question. more joy because oh, it feels so, so much, much better. more joy. Like yeah. you're so much more joy. Like it yeah. feels fun again, instead of feeling like you are defeated because you're doing all these things. You're throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall and you know, it's not really taking, you get to feel joy of like, I'm seeing progress. Yes. So, so here's a question you can ask. What is the one thing? That if I was to do this, everything else either lines up or it becomes unnecessary. Mm. And so as you start to ask that, there are things that we are doing that are very honestly unnecessary. They're not producing results, but we keep doing them either because we're confused on what we should be doing. We're being told by everyone that like, this is the thing you have to do it. And, and so we're trying to model, we're trying to copy, but it's not working for us. So really getting clear on what does work for me? And if you're not sure, go to your leader, find out with them, like, help me out. There's so much education out there. There's so much training. Micah has so much incredible training, right? Like go and find people and then try it, test it, let go of the stuff that's not working. Don't do it out of obligation. Only do it because you can see results, which actually brings me to another thing. We have to track you got to know what's working. Absolutely. The only way you know what's working is if you're tracking. If we don't track anything, we are going to be in this never ending treadmill of just running. And we don't even know if we're running in the right direction. When we track, we can look and say, 
yes, this is working, do more of it, adjust it, turn up the heat, or no, this is not working. So I either need to adjust it completely or I need, or I can let it go. And I don't even have to feel any guilt about letting it go because it's not serving me. Yeah. I had a conversation with some of the girls that I work with the other day and they were like, gosh, I really hate doing this, but I just keep doing it. Cause that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, hold up. You aren't supposed to do anything other than like the main thing, which is help people. How are you going to help people? There's a million different ways. There's a million different ways to reach people, to share your story, to get in front of people. Visibility is like so available in so many different ways. We've got to be like, how do I say this without, I don't want to like ruffle any feathers, but we're grownups. Like you don't have to do anything. So stop doing the things that are dragging you down, making you resent it, making you like dig your feet and be like, Oh, I just know what I do this. Then don't. But yes. if something has Amen. to get done, figure out how to do it in a way that aligns with you and your voice and how you want to do things. Like there's such a different energy when you find that sweet spot of doing the main things in a way that you absolutely love. Yes. So I work with a lot of amazing women in direct sales and I'm, you, you don't ruffle the feathers. I'll ruffle. (laughs) Um, I'm going to tell you of all the women that I work with and I work in, in all kinds of industries. I mean, across the board, I work with women in so many industries because I'm working with work from home moms who want to figure out how to become a more confident business owner and do less, but better. They want to increase their income without having to increase their time output. Okay. And that's who I serve. So that that's a lot of different women. I have noticed that in all of the kinds of women that I get to work with all kinds of different businesses, the ones who struggle the most with exactly what you were saying are in network marketing, hands down every time it's my direct sales girls. And here's what you need to understand. You are the owner of your business. You are the CEO and the CEO gets to decide how you're going to spend your time. Now, there are times when you have to do something that's just not fun. Like I have to do taxes and they're not fun, but like, it's pretty important to do them or, you know, the IRS comes after me. So (laughs) that needs to happen. I have choices there. Choice number one, outsource. That is my choice. Okay. But let's (laughs) say I didn't have that choice. Choice number two is figure out how to make it fun. So maybe I'm like, you know what? When it's tax time, I am buying some really fancy fun chocolate. I'm playing really fun music and I'm going to figure out a way to make this as enjoyable as possible, right? So so there are things that are absolutely a necessity and they're just not our favorite parts of our business. But more often what I see is it's not that it's a necessity. It's that you're believing that you have to because someone told you, but they're Mm -hmm. not your boss. You're your boss. You're the CEO. So you get to decide. And when we're tracking, then we get to make a very educated decision that says, yeah, no, I'm not doing that because I can tell it's not producing and I'm going to do the things that produce results. And that's how we start doing less, but better. At least that's one of the ways. Yeah, no, I love that because someone out there absolutely needed to hear that they can let go of some strategy or some technique that is working for someone else, but it's really not working for them. And they've been resisting letting it go, like, let it go right now. Yep. Don't, yep. Don't, you get don't to do it again. Yes. But that, that doesn't mean I'm going to, I'm going to say this too, because someone else out there is going like, oh, she just told me I don't ever have to send an invite again. No, we did not. <laughs> No, we did not. We did not say that you can invite in a million different ways though. And so if you don't like doing it one way, just because it's working for Sarah, you can do it in a, in a million other ways. So find yes. out what that is for you. 
<laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. What about, did you ever go through a period since we're talking to so many women who are building businesses, running homes, momming kids, mm-hmm. doing it all. Was your spouse always super supportive of your business ambition? Uh, supportive of the money. Okay. Not <laughs> of, of everything else. Right. So, you know, at the very beginning, I, he most incredible supportive because I was like, we're still in school. We have like no money. And I'm like, Hey, I want to start a business. And in order to do this, I need you to sell your laptop. Remember he's in school. (laughs) I'm like, so that I have the funds to start my business. And he did it. Like he sold his laptop on Craigslist, gave me the money. I told him, I promise you, I will be able to buy it back. And that was my first big why. Like if I'm, you know, like that's like, sometimes we think our whys need to be like so deep and no, it just needs to resonate with you. My why was, so help me. I will buy back that laptop and more. And you know what? Our house is a freaking Apple store now. It's ridiculous, (laughs) right? Like that was my first core why. So he was so supportive. And when all of a sudden, you know, like I am bringing money, it's like, wow, this helps so much, but I didn't do it right. And, and I think this is so important to hear. And I'm going to just speak of me personally. And, you know, if it resonates with you as you're listening, just know you're not alone, mama. Like we're all trying to figure this out. We don't do it right at first, but we can change. We can fix it. So, you know, as I've shared, I obviously had no boundaries, no balance. Like I'm not doing things in the right order. And my amazing husband night after night would say, Hey, do you want to watch something with me? Do you want to, you know, do you want to play a game? Do you want to do something? And I'd be like, yeah, give me 30 minutes. And back then we had this house where my office was kitty corner to the master bedroom. And so I would be working and I could look over my shoulder and I could make sure that, you know, he's let, he's, he's sitting in bed, still awake, probably watching ESPN or something like that waiting for me. Right. And night after night, I would do this. I'd look back, I'd look back, I'd look back. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is taking longer than I thought it would. I thought it should only take 30 minutes, but credit's taking way longer, but I've got to finish this. And, you know, I keep going and eventually I'd look over my shoulder and I would realize he fell asleep and this didn't just happen once it happened over and over and over. And one night I was sitting there working. And once again, he'd fallen asleep. I looked behind me and, you know, he's, he's out. And this, these words came to my mind and it was, what if he stopped waiting for you? And I just started crying because I was like, I would be devastated, devastated. But what's the message I'm sending to him? You know, we as women, we're not always fair with the standards that we put on, on our husbands versus ourselves. A man, we would berate him for not putting her first, right? But me, oh, I was following my dream. I'm just trying to support us. Like I'm just trying to fit it all in, but no, it wasn't right. And so this happens to us where maybe our spouse starts, um, where they're supportive and then it goes away, or maybe they're, they're resistant and and they're not sure what I have learned is we need to check ourselves. And I'm going to say it in, in two different ways. One is exactly what I was doing, right? Like, why would he love my business when my business is stealing me from him and giving him the leftovers that are honestly pretty garbage, right? Like I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm so spent. I've got nothing left in the tank. Why is he going to love that business? doesn't matter how much I'm bringing in. The second thing is how do we talk about our businesses with our spouse or our friends? Cause sometimes it's our friends and family that aren't supporting us. If you're using them as your venting place, Mm. if all you're sharing 
is the things that are going wrong, the people that are not helping, the people who aren't getting back to you, the way that this is, you know, this person is frustrating you. If you only share with them the negative, okay, well, their job is to want to protect you, is to want to help you. So of course they are not going to support your business. As far as they can tell, your business feels like the enemy. It's bringing you down. It's making you upset. It's hurting you. These people are mean to you or whatever it might be. We need to be aware that the way we talk about our business, I'm not saying we can't vent because sometimes we need to, but we also have to share the wins. We've got to share the goods. We've got to show them why this is wonderful if we expect them to support because no one is going to support something that looks like a bad thing. And sometimes without even realizing it, we've been painting a picture way too long that this is a bad thing because all we share with them is the negative. I think that's huge. And I think that's such a good reminder because our spouse, our, even our best friends, whoever we're turning to for the negative to vent, to like share that's who we trust the most. That's who we love the most. That's who we want to like be able to open up. And yet they love you. They want to protect you. They want to do what's best for you. And so if you're sharing all of these negative things, oh, this is so hard. Oh, this is, I hate this. Oh, I have to do this now. Oh, I have to, they're going to be like, dude, what get stop, stop yeah, doing out. that. Why are you doing this? Yeah. So that's such a simple reminder. Cause I'm sure there's many people out there who are doing this, not even realizing it. Right. And then it, they're that's frustrated. The thing you don't even catch that you're doing it. So, yeah. so you, you get really confused because you're like, what the heck? Like, why are they so against yeah. this? And why have they, you know, like, like you feel like a switch has turned right. And, and you're not really understanding. And maybe if you look back, you're going to realize, oh, I <laughs> think I actually created this yeah. because I forgot to tell them the good stuff. Now think about when you were first, you know, getting into the company, making this, this new thing. I bet you came to them and you're like, I think this could be awesome. And here's all the reasons. And we forget to do that over time sometimes, right? Yeah. Like if, if we're not being clear and, and intentional, we can accidentally slip into a habit where we're just sharing the negative and then in their way of protecting us, they're going to be against it. And then we feel like they're against us and you right. know, it snowballs from there. Right. Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Cause that's, that's something that I hear over and over. Like my spouse doesn't support me. He's always nagging me. Da, da, da. Like, what are you, what are you sharing with them? Like, yeah. what are you, how sharing, are you sharing and what are you, what are you doing? Right. Because, yeah. and, and, and I see this a lot. Like my kids are resentful of my business. Now my spouse is resentful of my business. Now my friends and family. Okay. Well, if I'm, if my actions say you're the most important thing to me until my business shows up until I get a notification until something pops up that is quote urgent. And now I'm going to leave you right where you are because, Oh, you don't understand. I have to take care of this right now. Okay. First of all, none of us are in the business of like literally saving people's lives. I'm pretty sure if you are K it's urgent, the rest of us, it's not urgent. Like we can set those better boundaries and have true office hours. And I'm going to go on a little side of this that I think is really, really critical. I've spoken at a lot of um, leadership retreats for, you know, amazing teams. And, and this is a common thing, right? Like we get into the most, you know, these are, these are the top leaders and, and they start sharing like, oh man, like I'm so exhausted. This is getting so hard. And, and here's what I want to say to every single person, your team is watching you if you mm. show them that you are available 24 seven, you're answering their DMS at ridiculous times when you shouldn't be, you're teaching them that they also have to do that, that that's what a good leader looks like. 
and they're going to burn out. So now not only is your family being affected, but you're teaching them that their family has to be affected. And this trickles down. And I promise you, no success is worth failure in our homes, is worth our homes disintegrating. And, and so we can unconsciously be teaching our teams these same bad habits because they think, well, you're incredible and you're available all the time. So I'm yeah. supposed to be, and they're drowning and their, their families are getting bitter and you're going to have, you're going to lose your leadership. They're going to burn out. And this could be avoided by all of us learning and recognizing boundaries are critical. And you're not just setting boundaries for you and your family. You're doing it as a gift for your team. And I coach and I talk to my clients about, Hey, you share that, share that with them. I've done you a disservice. I made you believe that you're supposed to be available all the time because I've been available all the time. And you know what? We can't do that. So I'm going to make better boundaries. And I want you to also, I'm giving you permission and telling you like, I got this wrong. We, we can do it a better way and, and set this in a way that we can be doing this way, way longer than a flash in the pan, because we're going to be able to sustain what we're creating and what we're building. Absolutely. And it's just a discipline thing. It's just a yes, discipline thing. And I, is. and the hardest thing is that we really do love what we're doing. We yes. love it. And so it's hard not to do it. It's hard not it's to fun. get back with your team. It's hard not to do those things. I have to like really, really hold myself to it. Like I'll see something come in like on a weekend and I'm like very low key unplugged. Don't talk to me on the weekends. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I could get back to them right now. Like I have time. I'm not doing anything. I'm like, no, but I'm not going to. I'm like, cause then they think I'm available. And it really is. It's just being intentionally disciplined around boundaries. Like it yeah. is, it's hard, but it's so essential. And it feels so good. Like it feels so good. Oh, it feels incredible. And I think so many people are like, it feels so selfish. And that's why I'm trying to tell you, this is not just for you and yeah. your family, which I'm going to be honest, that should be enough, but it's not just for you and your family. This is for the, the, your team, these women that you love, that you are so excited for them and what they're capable of, that you want them to feel great and to get to like have joy and love what they're doing. This is for them too. They need Absolutely. to see you be the example of those boundaries so that they can recognize that it's okay for them too. So this is, this is for all of us. We all become better as women you know, it's a fairly new thing in the last couple of generations, having all of these women who also work, who also yeah. have these, these dreams, these businesses, this is not what was the norm two generations ago. Yeah. And so there's still a lot of navigating and figuring this out. And we are trying to be all the things, but we cannot do all the things. So I am trying to be a great wife, a great mom, have a great home, make dinners, run a company, take care of my team, be a great, you know, all the things it goes on and on and on. I can. And, and I think I can be all those things because they're important to me. I want mm -hmm. to be all those things, but I can't do all the things and I cannot be on 24 seven and expect that I am not going to burn out. Yep. Yep. I am with you. I am with you hundred percent. I love this so much. I wish we could just keep chatting for the rest <laughs> of like the afternoon because we could just go on about all of this for so long. Um, if our listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yes. Okay. So I have a podcast as well. It's called the balancing busy podcast. So since you're listening, I already know you like podcasts. So <laughs> come, um, subscribe to my podcast, follow that one. 
I'm also everywhere as Leah Remelay. If you are not driving and you happen to be where you can text yourself, just text L-E-A-H-R-E-M-I-L-L-E-T. I know Remelay is a doozy to try to figure out how to spell. So that's where I am. That's you know my website, leahremelay.com, Instagram, Facebook, all the places. I've already admitted I'm not very good at Facebook, but I'm a little better at Instagram. Uh, but you can find me in all of those places and certainly you know joining my newsletter. And then you can learn as I have free trainings and resources and tools and new podcast episodes, all those things too. Yay. I hope all of our listeners head to everything that you have to offer. You're like, you're just everything that you are about is so aligned with what I believe in. And yes, it took you like back against the wall or in the ambulance to like figure it out, but you have. And I think that's what our listeners need to hear because I think a lot of them have red light stories of I'm afraid to go all in on this, to really commit to my dreams, to really say yes to committing to grow because I'm scared of that happening to me, yes, but, I'm but it also doesn't have to, yes. because there's a better way. And that's what Leah teaches. That's what I teach. You don't have to fail as hard before you really commit to your success. Cause there is a way to do it better. And lots of us are just sharing those things earlier. So you don't have to go through that yourself. Exactly. Like there is a way to avoid some of these roadblocks and <laughs> these road bumps, right? Like you can avoid them by watching and seeing what other people have done and saying, Oh, I'm going to avoid that one. And I'm going to try that one. And Micah and, and myself, we're here because we're like, Hey, you know what? We found some better ways and we believe in women and their dreams and that Absolutely. you are meant to make an impact. You are meant to feel capable and powerful. And we want to help you get there. You deserve yes. it. You deserve it. We are finishing with that. Leah, thank you so much. This was the best. You are the best. Go follow her, share this with your team, you, teams, you guys. I know every single person on your team would benefit from hearing this. So make sure you share it and we will back, be back in another week. Bye you guys. Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft.